Welcome to the Broadway Show Uncut. I'm Tamsin Fidel. This is a place we talk about Broadway's biggest shows and, of course, where we also get a chance to go in-depth with Broadway's top talent. And we've got a lot to talk about. TV and movie star Michael Imperioli making his Broadway debut in An Enemy of the People and debuting his new New York City bar. But first, after all these years, Merrily We Roll Along is one of Broadway's biggest hits. It's 43 years after notoriously flopping and it features a star-studded cast. Let's send it out to Paul Wontorek. It's so fun to have like a trio, right? A throuple. Yes. <laughs> What's the best part of that? I feel like if one of your energy is like down, maybe the others can kind of lift them up or... Yeah. When Lindsay or I are down, Donovan's energy lift can lift us up. At all times. I think doing a show that revolves around friendship like this kind of you don't know what you're gonna get when you come into that. And it does sort of rely on everyone coming in with the same mindset of like, let's get to know each other and be very like open and like, get and you know, these guys did, we, and we all just like, you know, we're very lucky. It's, it it's makes the job of acting very, very easy. Like I don't really feel like I yeah. have to do it most nights. For me, this season has been the season of Merrily. I can't believe I can say Merrily We Roll Along is a Broadway hit. That sentence doesn't even, makes sense to me, and it's because of you three. I mean, I know this show really well, and the magic of what you all bring to these roles is so key to the success of this revival. I, I wonder, I, like, I have this question, maybe you know the answer to this. Is Merrily We Roll Along the first ever poster that was in Joe Allen as a flop that then became a commercial hit? It's like, I don't know if this has ever yeah. happened Let's in the history is. of Broadway. Let's find out, maybe sure. you could report back. And Maria Friedman, our, the amazing director of the show, her goal was to bring the show back to Broadway and for it to be the success that George Firth and Stephen Sondheim always wished that it was. Yeah. And so to be living in that, it's the stuff that dreams are made of. It really is. Yeah, especially for you, you're like such a Broadway show fan. I mean, like, oh you God. love talking about Joe Allen posters. I mean, yes. Joe Allen posters, <laughs> I was like reading Tell, the sound What did you tell us earlier that what do you do whenever you walk through a revolving door? Oh yeah. This is 1922. <laughs> I come out like it's Millie. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Everyone watching this video got Get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> You've also been going through a lot in your personal lives and uh, there's some babies, uh, an engagement, congratulations. So there's a lot of life stuff happening at the same time. So what's the season been like for you to be on, on the receiving end of everything? It feels like because we started this, you know, so long ago downtown. Yeah. It just kind of feels like we just keep doing this play and our lives keep happening and our friendship keeps growing and, and deepening. And now that we're in this season and we've, you know, we have our kids and, and our lives, it just feels like, thank God this happened because now I'm like, I can't ever imagine my life without these two strongly in it, you know? The whole group, I mean, like, there's a lot of focus put on the three of us, which yeah. is lovely, and we're enjoying every second of it. But our entire uh, company and, yeah. is incredible. And we're all having, and because I think we were downtown at New York Theatre Workshop, kind of essentially in the same dressing room. They were separated, but by like plywood. Right. Uh, and we all pretty much shared a bathroom and it was very intimate down there. And so the, there's a real familial feeling with the entire company. 
I was also thinking, you know, you have a new trio. You were very closely associated with a trio early yeah. on in your life. You <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be in one as an adult. Yeah, as well, definitely. Like, it's, I feel like it's, you know, it's more... Because me and Rupert were very much, like, on set together and thrown yeah. together and, you know... Um, so, yeah, this, 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 it's different. It's, it's, it's lovely. In the show, you know, you're kind of the best of friends, the worst of friends, <laughs> depending on the scene, maybe. You met, as you said, a couple years ago. You didn't really know each other that well. I'm sure we you knew two each other. run into each other mm -hmm. a little bit. But you kind of had to, like, fake the friendship, right, at first, like your actors. But as you said, now there's actual history. How do you think that has made the show grow over this time? I guess we were in a sense faking it at first, but like we all came in with a kind of like, okay, let's like get to know each other. So I think it like started to happen very quickly. But now like during Old Friends particularly is when I think I feel it the most where just, you can both make me laugh so easily. You know exactly like how to make me laugh or a kind of thing that will. I like when you see a moment of you almost laughing for a second, like it just makes everything. I feel like we have to do even less as actors to communicate the friendship and it's just there and we're just like a lot of the show when appropriate yeah and sometimes when not appropriate is yeah. us having fun with each other as i say i've never felt so free as an actor um than in this show and i think that's largely in part to playing these friends and us having this real friendship out there and this trust that we have um because they're both such incredible actors and i feel so safe and i feel like we're always just right there so anything can happen and like we've got it and that is a really cool feeling every night i've seen many productions of this show community theaters i, I will go anywhere to see merrily my, my whole life i love this show and i i think it's really easy to actually pull off the heart and the emotions but what i love about this production is that it also just the spirit of the show and the joy of the show and with like you said your whole company like it's just it, it's an entertaining musical, not just an uh, emotionally effective musical. That, and that's why I think it's a hit. Is it a heavy show to do? Is it a tiring show? I find it really energizing. And I think there is something about the structure of the show for us where we get happier and happier as the show yeah. goes on. And the, you know, acts two compared to act one is like so much fun. Well, <laughs> like I mean, it's, a, it's a hit and Bobby and Jackie die. You have to be I very have to sad cry multiple the whole times. Play, yes, so. no, you, you have a tough time. It's, it's, but Charlie and Frank are on a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy emotional lift, this show, for me. But I still love doing it. To me, performing the show gives way more than it takes. And it's, it's partially because that the, the poetry of the lyrics and the ideas like even like the one time I'm in my dressing room at Act One when she's singing Like It Was, just to hear that song, sung beautifully by Lindsay Mendes, but to hear the, the lyrics of the song as well every night, it's like Maria said that uh, there's no one smarter than Stephen Sondheim in the room working on any production of any Sondheim show ever, but he leaves space in his writing for the humanity of the people that are performing it, and I think the humanity of the ears listening to it. And it's why you can go back to Into the Woods or Company or Sweeney this year, any, any of his shows you can see again and again because he's got so much to say and it hits you differently, I think at different moments in your life, but even in the eight shows a week, from night to night, it hits you differently. And it becomes, I think that's maybe part of why 
it feels so personal to see the show and to watch the show is because it, he allows that personal connection to happen. I'd also say there's something great about the fact that because it does track so much time, no matter what kind of day you've had, if you've had a good day, you get to sort of jump into it's a hit. If you have had a bad day, I get to do Frank and Shepard Inc. Or like there, there's, there is a part of the show that can function as like an outlet for whatever you're dealing with. You all got to Broadway more or less around the same time. I, I would kill to like have like a photo of the three of you in like 2008 in Schubert Alley. Does it exist? No. We have some good old Do photos together. you have some together. old photos? Yeah. 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 Significant other, that opening, you sent me that photo. Also from the park, Shakespeare in the Park, like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. I was at her Grease opening. I was going to say, were you staged during her, her Jan performance? Yes. because no, he was doing <laughs> Spring Awakening at the same time. And yes, we were doing, I was doing it at the same time and we would have Grease, you're the one that I want watch parties at my apartment. <laughs> so we were very heavily tracking that show and then we all went to the opening night. And Griggs, King Grigsby, our music director of Spring Awakening, was our music director went too. to go work on Grease. So yeah. I love that yeah. show. And Dan, I feel like your whole goal was to get to this point. Yeah. So how does it feel to now be like truly a part of this beautiful ensemble cast in a show that is just sort of like winning over audiences every night. I mean, it's it's surreal and thrilling, and yeah, I I I'm, you know, I, I've always loved musicals because my parents were always really into musicals, so they've always been like a part of my life. But I definitely didn't. I didn't expect to do one at all. Certainly not that early as like when I did How to Succeed. But then. I really didn't ever think that I would do Sondheim. I thought that would always just be a thing I listened to and loved, but not um, actually get to do. And so, yeah, I, and I don't think there's like a, a better part for me than this in the whole canon, really. I'm, I'm so like, I love getting to play Charlie and to, as you say, to do it with this company. And, and yeah, it's, it's quite an overwhelming feeling at times. Like there are moments when I have a lot of moments during the show I mean, it varies, it varies, but often when like everyone's on stage together and I just, uh, I will flash forward to the last time we do it and I get like nostalgic for the present. I don't know if what a word for that is, but if there is one, somebody cleverer than me can t tell us what it is. But yeah, it's just, it's a really like lovely um, kind of inexplicable feeling. It is lovely because it is a cynical show at times, but you do get to walk out lighter, I'm assuming, right? You're right, it starts, it starts in one place and then it builds to like this beautiful moment between the three of you. You know, in our own lives, obviously, we all get slightly more cynical, it's the whole musical's about. Do you remember sort of your own our time moments or what's it like to sort of live in that energy every night? It's the best, mm -hmm. it's, it's like the best medicine at the end of every night to end on that rooftop. I, the, the, the first like personal memory that's coming to me it, when you ask that question is December 31st, 2004. So almost 20 years ago. What'd you say? So he has a date. A date. Well, because it was <laughs> yeah, New Year's yeah, Eve. Because yeah. oh, okay. it was New Year's Eve. And I had just moved to the city that fall. And I was living with Lindy Franklin, who was my roommate. And my friend, Cody, who was my boyfriend for the next three and a half years, but we had just like gotten together that uh, November 1st. And I was waiting tables at the Chelsea Grill of Hell's Kitchen on New Year's Eve, and Christy Putz and I were waiting tables together, and it was like a half an hour before midnight, 
and Cody and Lindy came into the restaurant and Christy was like, here, Jonathan, just take the cash from the night and go sit with your friends. And I, and I remember this feeling, it was very like merrily of it being the new year. It, I had just moved to the city. Yeah. I had this wad of cash. I had this secret boyfriend that it was like, <laughs> I was so excited about and so in love with. And my friend Lindy, and we were like, we live in New York. This is the first time I'd ever lived there and just feeling like everything was possible. I have a few flashes. My first apartment was on the Upper West Side and I live on the Upper West Side now. And so I walk by, there's like a bagel shop on Amsterdam. And I remember like going there to get a bagel when I like first moved here and feeling like I was just, I like walked out with it. And I, I remember I went to the Natural History Museum and sat and ate and I was like, wow, I, I'm a part of this. I live here. And I just took my daughter there recently. And it was like, it, it just, it made me so emotional that I was like, I can't believe I'm actually like living my dreams here and living my life and now sharing it with my child. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. We do have to like, I have to ground myself like a few times a week when I walk into that theater and see our pictures up there and, and feel an audience that is so excited to see us and know how freaking lucky we are to, to be doing this, this play in this city. Daniel, you have a little bit of a different path towards acting. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there were there was a few things that are, like, popping into my head, but honestly, I, like, is now an acceptable answer? Like, I do, like, I've just had, Damn, like, such a, a beautiful great, answer. Like, I, I've had such a, like, you know, I've had a son this year, and it's been incredible, and getting to do, do that, and then also, like, be in this show every night with these guys, and feel about, and you know as you said play to these audiences that we're just like it's insane it's insane that we're just like you know getting this kind of response and it's it's amazing to be able to feel like you were both giving that and receiving that sort of that a response every night is is really uh really cool so yeah i don't know now oh and the interview cut <laughs> A star-packed production on Broadway this spring, it's a revival of An Enemy of the People, starring Emmy winners Jeremy Strong and Michael Imperioli. Imperioli setting the bar for stardom, not only making his Broadway debut, but also making a big splash with his new New York City bar. Well, I want to start with where we are before we start talking Broadway. Um, tell me about Scarlett. So this is Scarlet Lounge uh, on Amsterdam Avenue between 82nd and 83rd, and it's uh, really my wife Victoria Imperial. It's her creation. She built it, designed it, and um, it's an intimate um, cocktail lounge with really creative, a creative menu of alcoholic and non-alcoholic cocktails, as well as um, some some really great delicious snacks. It's it's not a full menu sit down right. restaurant, but it's a cocktail lounge with some you know some good snacks. What made you both want to do this? I mean, it just it feels like New York doesn't have these anymore. Um, you know, Victoria had a bar called Ciel Rouge in Chelsea, uh, which she opened in ninety five, nineteen ninety five. Wow. We met in ninety six, and then we. You know, we kind of ran that together for a while, and it also had live music um, from time to time. Um, it was very popular and really fun. Mm -hmm. But then we were out of that. We opened a theater after that called Studio Dante on West 29th Street, and then 
our friend uh, Jeremy Vladis, who owns several restaurants up West Side, owns Fred's, which is next door. Mm -hmm. And then he said he was taking over this little space next door and asked Victoria because he, he knew her work. Yeah. He saw some of her work and uh, invited her to come and, uh, you know, build it. I feel like it's just such a real New York place, you know, it just, yeah. you just it feels like a different, you walk in off the street and it ha you have a different vibe here. It's a different vibe, you know, it's a, you know, the thing is to have really elegant, yeah. interesting surroundings with really quality high-end uh, cocktails. Um, it's a kind of place you can dress up for mm -hmm. or you can dress down for and a lot of our um, a lot of our, our customers are neighborhood right. it's both a neighborhood place and a destination place it kind of does both um, which we found we felt was really important uh, we didn't want it to be um, you know we wanted a place that people in the neighborhood felt yeah they can come and just chill every night if they want after work um, and there's not a place like this, especially in this neighborhood. Mm -mm. Um, it's pretty unique. And I don't think people realize New York has its pockets. You know, if you're not living here, you don't realize it has its pockets of neighborhoods. And you, you know, oh, yeah. this, it really does. And it makes it special. Yeah. And we, we moved to this neighborhood um, a couple of years ago. We, were, we always lived downtown for mm -hmm. the most part. And we really fell in love with it. So it's kind of nice to uh, be part of it in a not just living here, but also yeah. you know, having a place to share with, uh, with the neighborhood. I mean, she's just so talented by everything that's here, including finding a way to add a stage and kind of, you know, adding, adding a taste of you into all of this. Theatricality, yeah. yeah. You know, she, uh, she was like, we're going to have a stage, you know, when she was building this, because it was gut renovation. I'm like, a stage? Where? <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to be able to put a bar in here, you know, let alone a stage. She goes, no, we're going to have a little stage. And I was like, okay, and there it is. We just got the piano in right. um, this week. We'll have live performances starting this month. That's great. It's so exciting. All right, so let's talk about you because you have a lot of different performances coming up. Uh, one in particular that you're going to be able to walk to now that you're uh, living in this uh, area. Talk yeah. a little bit about Broadway. So, An Enemy of the People <laughs> opens uh, March 18th, Circle in the Square. Um, so, I I started out in theater in New mm -hmm. York, you know, um, both as a producer um, and as an actor you know mm -hmm. I started producing theater in my early 20s and off off Broadway and uh, worked a lot as an actor off Broadway um, off off Broadway never did a Broadway show came close it almost happened a couple of times right. never happened and wow. you know so now it's like 36 years of it's time of working and then you know and I when we lived in California for a few years from mm -hmm. 2012 Till about 2019, when we started being bi-coastal, but um, I lived in Santa Barbara um, just great. as a change. Yeah. And when I, we moved back, I said, I re you know, I told my agents I really want to do some plays. And this one came my way, and it was just like, wow, because it's one of my favorite plays. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam Gold, the director, actually directed a play at Studio Dante that Victoria and I produced. Oh, wow. So we know his work really well. And then Jeremy Strong mm -hmm. from Succession, who's just amazing. And I was like, I mean, it couldn't have been, it, it couldn't have been a better opportunity. Um, and Amy Herzog doing the adaptation. So uh, I was just thrilled uh, after I got cast. You know, I went to the library at Lincoln Center, mm -hmm. you know, the performing arts, just doing some, 
research about the play. You know, and they've been doing this play on Broadway for, you know, mm -hmm. over 100 yeah. years, sure. you know. So uh, Stanislavski, who invented the method as mm -hmm. we know it, did this play with the Moscow Art Theater, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, and, and it was interesting going through the other productions, or other Ibsen productions over the last 100 years here in New York. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there was something very inspiring to me. It's like, oh, now you're a part of this lineage. Yeah. Um, to me, that means a lot, um, and 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 I was inspired by that, and uh, yeah, it makes me really happy. Mm -hmm. And um, Circle in the Square, you know, that's a theater that actors love. Yes. Um, it just—it's not one of the old hundred-year-old houses. Mm -hmm. It was built in the early '70s, but I mean. Al Pacino's done a ton there. George C. Scott played there. I mean, it's just Malkovich. It's got such a great history of really good actors. They love it. It's very intimate. Um, it's completely in the round. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's kind of like a little arena almost because the stage is on the bottom and the seats are up. So it, there's a real, I went there um, before, you know, rehearsal or anything, I went in just to, alone there mm -hmm. I asked them to let me in and just just to hear my voice in the oh, room wow. and it was really cool you know so imagining people in there um, it's, it's it's just a thrill yeah. do you do something do you do things like that to just um, feel the space because oh, it's yeah. so important yeah you know um, as soon as I got cast I went and had a tour of the place and then a few weeks later I said can I just get in when nobody's there and just Give me a half hour yeah. just to hear myself, mm -hmm. just hear how it sounds. And um, there's something very um, inspiring about being in an empty theater that has a, his a, a tradition and history of such great actors. There's so much history in that one in particular. I, I also think there's nowhere, I guess I always feel like there's nowhere to hide in that theater, you know, as a, as a performer like you are every side you're not forward-facing oh, yeah. you're not one-dimensional there there's nowhere to hide I mean Sam Gold has he did um, it's his favorite theater mm -hmm. to work in he loves the round you have to move a lot more he, uh, as an actor oh because everyone's in gonna, the round okay. yeah you know when you're doing traditional like proscenium or thrust or whatever you're you know you're always in a place pretty much where they can see you know everybody can see you mm -hmm. and here mm -hmm. you have to be generous and and think about that yeah the other side so um which i think is great to have yeah. more movement um i'm uh, for me it's very exciting to be in a space like that i, th I think it's wonderful to be able to walk there um jeremy strong have you worked with jeremy before no we've never worked together um you got uh, hbo history we have hbo history <laughs> we've we finally met at the you know press conference when we announced this uh, but i'm you know a big admirer of his work yeah. i think it's a a really tremendous role for him personally mm -hmm. as an actor. I think it's he's uh, he will be brilliant in this, and um, uh, it's it's a thrill. Yeah, it's real it exciting. Yeah. When I when you talk about it, it's been you know thirty plus years, and I just think of you know what where we've seen you, and then where we've seen you recently with with White Lotus, um, but you know obviously Sopranos. It's just you know, the 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 HBO history. Uh, what what has it been like when you look at that? I mean, that, you you have had the roles of what anybody that would say, I want to go to New York and be an actor, and you know, 
and and, and you've done that and now mm-hmm. you know bring, bringing it back around to to theater where you really started it all um i mean it's very hard to have a long career in this business yeah. let alone a career where you're getting you know quality material and you know quality projects uh so i i feel incredibly fortunate really um when i first started studying acting when i was 17 at strasburg um you know i tried to see whatever plays or second act mm-hmm. plays or do whatever you can you know when you didn't have any money but i actually malkovich directed arms and the man mm-hmm. at circle in the square oh wow which i went to see i mean i don't know i think i was 18 and I remember getting there early uh, as it, during previews because I knew he would be there right. as their director because I was a huge fan of his and w- and got his autograph as he came into the theater. Oh, wow. What a full circle. <laughs> mo- I mean, no, no pun intended, yeah. full circle moment. That's yeah. really so, cool. Um, that place has a, a particular yeah. significance. And that those first couple of years when I was studying, you know, Pacino did American Buffalo mm-hmm. at the booth which I went to see, which just, you know, as uh, it was right around when Scarface came out. Oh, gosh, so you were. <laughs> so, like, you're talking 83, 84, um, and I was studying at Strasbourg, and uh, I remember seeing that play, and I, that just mm-hmm. blew the doors sure. open. And then Steppenwolf did Bomb and Gilead that Malkovich also directed at um, Circle Rep, I think, and that was another one of those productions with Laurie Metcalf and Gary Sinise, and um, that just, it's like, this is what I want to do, you know? Um, and uh, Malkovich again did Death of a Salesman like a year later with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, I remember that. So those, you know, what being impact, a kid, though, yeah, like... being a teenager who's studying <laughs> wants to be an actor, like, and then burn this, Yeah, got to see that. I mean, those were productions that, um, I mean, if you want to be an actor and you see those things, it's you're you're sold by yeah, them. Those so. live in your soul forever. So, in for me, in a way, it's like almost a return to that wonderment of mm-hmm. you know New York theater and the, that magic. You know, um, when I was young in high school, I had a teacher who took us to see musicals. Okay. And I wasn't really into musicals, right. but we saw Evita. Okay. Patty Lapone, right? And uh, Barnum with Glenn Close and Jim Dale. And oh, wow. even though I, I didn't want to be in musical theater, I didn't, yeah. have, I didn't have a talent for that. But being in the theater and just seeing these great actors, um, you know, uh, I think that kind of really pushed me towards, you know, being an yeah. actor, those moments. Yeah. And, um, Barnum and the intermission for Barnum, they had a museum in the lobby of P.T. Barnum. Okay. And some of the cast in period costume were the guides in the museum. And I remember at intermission, so I was like 13 or 14, I'm talking to one of the actresses who's telling me about this, whatever piece of history from Barnum. And I said, you were in the play. She goes, yeah, I'm an actress. I said, that's what you do? And she's like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> she said, so you do that as a job? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my job. And I'm thinking, you can do that as a job. I can make a living doing that? That's really wild. That's great. 
That's and I didn't want to leave. I remember right. I was living about an hour north of the city. I remember getting on the bus with my class, and I was like, I, I was so depressed. I was like, I didn't want to leave the city. I didn't want to leave Broadway. Um, I guess I was 13 or 14, so. Wow, how life-altering. Yeah. And at that age. Yeah, yeah, very. You need a book, like, When I Knew. When you need a I book knew. of all your, yeah, because there's, so, there's so, because all your moments were so pivotal. It wasn't like you went to see a, you know, a show and another, I mean, you went, came to New York and, know, and Dustin these, Hoffman. I mean, great, great I mean, just, it's incredible. Most people have yeah. never had an opportunity to see somebody like yeah. that off of a screen, you know. Patti LuPone in Evita. I mean, come on. That's like, I mean, that's like, they teach it. Nobody sees it, you know. That's amazing. I'm so I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so thrilled for. You. Is there anything else that you're working on right now uh, that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, as if I don't know, opening a lounge, doing a you know, this. Um, <laughs> a huge show. What, what else are we doing? Um, well, this this will be you know this I'm going to be doing this for for the next few months. Yes. Um, I do have a movie coming out probably later in the year that we shot in the fall with. Uh, Richard Gere and Uma Thurman called O Canada, directed and written by Paul Schrader. Oh, fun. Okay. And I think it's going to be really cool. All right. I look uh, forward to that. Good. Yeah. How was White Lotus? Was it fun filming on location there? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's um, all I thought about. Sorry. That's all I could think about. For four months in Sicily, yeah. And we were, for the first two and a half, three months, we were living and shooting in the Four Seasons in Taormina. So you take the elevator to work. Talk about walking to work's one thing, <laughs> taking the elevator downstairs to go to work was oh a whole God. other trip. Um, yeah, that was like, you know, this circus troupe that took over this town for you know, a great. couple of months in Italy. And then, and then we traveled around the island, yeah. different, different locations. But I mean, I was sold on four months in Sicily, no matter what it was. I was just going to say, did it really, did it matter? Let alone Not that it wasn't an incredible genius, show. Yeah, some genius. What piece a great of show, though. I mean, just, yeah, a, just like an unexpected, I don't know, I think unexpected in the second season, even though I saw the first season, the second season, even more so unexpected. Very unexpected right? and very, very original. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're actually in pre production in Thailand as we speak for season three. Yeah. But I feel like you, you got the great place. Like, for me, as an Italian, yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I, my, my. We just did this. Had some research done on the film. My part of one line of my family goes. They have records of them in Palermo, in like the 1700s. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So that's very cool. So when you go there, you do feel. There's a reason why yeah. you feel so happy there and connected, and yeah, it's I in agree. your DNA there. I agree. My mom's uh, half Italian, half Lebanese, so I'm a fourth Italian, three fourths Lebanese. So, you're so right. you feel comfortable I feel, there. Yeah. I feel very comfortable yeah. there, and I like to eat. So things it works make out. sense when you're. They there. do make sense. They f it feels different. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you. it. It was a great conversation. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Pod. But be sure to check out the Broadway Show on television. You can check your local listings at thebroadwayshow.com. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is The Broadway Show Uncut. Uncut.